Today's episode is brought to you by Positively Productive Systems, whose mission is to be the antidote to your stress and to provide compassionate productivity resources and coaching that help you heal and achieve. Be sure to check out both free and paid resources at PositivelyProductive.com resources. My focus as a coach is to help you find what fits you. I've mentioned preferences here and there, but today I'm taking a chance and offering a more detailed view of the systems that work for me. I'll share my top seven productivity techniques that I use regularly, pretty much daily, and the tools that correspond to them. I'll do my best to explain why they work for me and why I chose the tools that I did. As you listen, I want you to focus on those details to help you determine if they're worth trying. You're listening to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Zarotny, founder of Positively Productive Systems and a productivity coach certified in positive psychology and stress management. Join me as we explore ways to live a more proactive, positive life with episodes on productivity, self-awareness, mindset, entrepreneur life, habits and systems, simplicity, fun, and more. I understand overwhelm personally as a multi-passionate entrepreneur, wife and mom to kids and cats, and as a caregiver. I'm here to help you choose what's right for you so you can do less, live more, and breathe easier. Sound good? Let's get to it. Welcome to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa, and today... We're going behind the scenes for a look at how I keep my life organized. I don't know about you, but I actually love these kinds of episodes because I'm incessantly curious. It makes sense that I'm a questioner, a la Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies. I want to know the details. You cannot give me too much information. I love ideas and advice and to know how other people work and live. But I've also learned how to block out what doesn't work for me. And I encourage you to do the same. That's why I haven't really done this kind of episode yet, because my focus as a coach is to help you find what fits you. I've mentioned preferences here and there, but today I'm taking a chance and offering a more detailed view of the systems that work for me. I'll share my top seven productivity techniques that I use regularly, pretty much daily, and the tools that correspond to them. I'll do my best to explain why they work for me and why I chose the tools that I did. As you listen, I want you to focus on those details to help you determine if they're worth trying. In this list, I'm including a good bit of what I do for my business, but it also includes things that keep my home life running as smoothly as is realistic. If there's a tool you want to try, I likely have it listed on my favorites page, or I will include a link to it in the show notes. Wherever possible, I like to keep these things accessible and budget-friendly. Let's dig in. The number one technique, and you've heard it here before, is mind sweeping. You've probably heard me talk about it not only on the podcast here, but as a guest on other shows. I mention it all the time. I use it in all of my workshops because it is so powerful. Mind sweeping, a term made famous by David Allen of Getting Things Done, is an effective way to declutter the mind. You take what's on your mind and you get it out and into a safe space. Now, please note, when you do this, whatever you call it, mind sweeping, brain dumping, doesn't matter. This is not your to-do list. It is your to-choose list. And it's there for you to process when you're ready. 
I do a mind sweep regularly, at least each week, but most of the time I do it daily because I need it for when I'm planning ahead, when I'm reviewing my calendar, and when I'm feeling overwhelmed. It's excellent to do before a co-working session or when you're trying to get into a flow state. Most of the time, it's an as-needed when my brain is feeling full and I need to be excused. But even making a regular practice of it as you get ready for the workday is an excellent habit. If you want to learn more, you may want to check out my episode on how to declutter your mind in one simple step. The tools you need for a mind sweep are simple. If you want a guide, you can use my focus file. I offer it for free in the multi-passionate toolkit, and it's also included in the resources vault with a quick video guide attached to it. Basically, though, you can grab any paper and pen and do this practice whenever, wherever you want. You can even use a Google Doc or notes on your phone. I do recommend writing it out if you can, because there's a neurosensory connection when you write. As long as you're capturing what's cluttering your mind, you're good to go, but preferably writing if you can. Now, my preferred tool is the Rocket Book. Since I am a copious note taker and I only need these notes temporarily, the Rocket Book is perfect because I scan it erase it once it's processed, and then I can move on to taking the next notes and I'm not wasting paper. So that's why I prefer it. I can also keep the scan to review later if I want, if there's something that I don't want to process yet, or I want to review it just to make sure I didn't miss anything. Most of the time though, I take that someday item, even if it's something I'm not putting into a calendar or doing as a specific task, and I'm still adding it to a section in my task management software for future review. The second productivity technique is task lists, and that can be daily and weekly. Because my collection of tasks and ideas keeps growing exponentially, as it tends to when you're multi-passionate or, you know, just living life, I found it imperative to process weekly and daily lists to highlight my key tasks and to stay on track. You may have appointments you keep on your calendar, but what about the in-between? Calls and research, admin for your business or home, all the business tasks that are repeated like social media posting and engagement and content creation. Sometimes it's the preparation time we need for appointments that really needs to go on the calendar, but hasn't. It's the things that aren't quite an appointment, but aren't necessarily an immediate task that can often fall through the cracks. And this is what I'm talking about. I keep a list of them and then apply traditional productivity concepts, such as the 80-20 principle and the MIT method. With the 80-20 principle, you can decide what to do based on what that 20% is. And here's why. The Pareto principle or 80-20 principle is this idea that you can get 80% of the way to your goal with just 20% of the effort, 80% output and 20% input. I mean, that's an incredible ratio. Think about it in terms of the clothing in your closet. About 80% of what you wear is probably about 20% of that closet. And if you switch those around, that's a really good decluttering technique, by the way. Also think about this in terms of your clients, your customers, your volunteers, 80% of the income or the work that is being done comes from about 20% of those clients or volunteers. 
So again, you can look at what you think is your to-do list and look for that 20% that's going to get you furthest, fastest. That becomes what are called your MITs. The MIT stands for the most important thing. And it's a method, essentially, of focusing on the real key critical items. Instead of a big to-do list that can drain and undermine you, you're determining maybe like one to three tasks. Schoolhouse Rock said three is a magic number. I agree. So what are those three tasks you can use each day that you've determined by the 80-20 principle? Put those down, focus on those. The tools I use for this entire process include Todoist and the Rocketbook. Um, I mentioned the Rocketbook already. Rocketbooks are for any note-taking that I do because it helps me process and sketch out what's on my mind. And that includes what I need to focus on and the details surrounding it. So I sketch out what needs to be done, and then I include these tasks in Todoist because that's my chosen task management app. You could do the same in Google Tasks or Asana or Trello or any number of task management apps. If you're trying to figure out which one you like, you can link to a playlist of podcast episodes all about tech tools on the podcast page of the website, positivelyproductive.com slash podcast. And I'll explain more about why I chose Todoist after I list the other techniques. Technique number three is automation. A simple proven efficiency rule is this. If you repeat a task, find a way to automate it. You expend energy each time you take action, no matter how simple a task is. So why not save some of that energy by letting technology do the heavy lifting? When you are attending to clients and collaborators, it can be amazing for follow through as well. I use it for my business calendar and to follow up with clients and podcast guests, among other things. I have systems in my business that allow you to schedule a call with me, whether a free discovery call or a paid coaching session through a calendar system that will book your time in your time zone and send you reminders. I do this on a platform called Acuity Scheduling. My podcast guests schedule a recording this way as well. They receive automated confirmation and reminders. And for any of these events, the reminders that are sent out can be personalized. So I've personalized each of those. With clients, I give them details about what to expect in the upcoming sessions and how they can come prepared. And that even includes links to things that they need. And for the podcast guests, it includes all the details of how we're going to record and the tools that they'll need to do so. When you go to the homepage of my website and share your name and email to access my free multi-passionate toolkit, for example, to get the focus file to do the mind sweep we just talked about, you'll receive an automated confirmation and access to a sign-in for a toolkit that has the focus file and other worksheets that I use with my clients. And I keep these on a platform called Member Vault. The platform is connected to my email system, ConvertKit, and automated to tag you for the right mailing list so you receive the information you need to sign in to Member Vault and access those tools. The Member Vault platform is even automated to give you special access to bonuses depending upon what you purchase. For example, signature clients are auto-tagged to receive immediate access to the paid resources vault. The idea here is that you get what you need without me constantly having to respond, which gives me space to create more content for you and to coach you. 
Another tool I automate with is ClickUp, which is where my podcast intake forms are. When you apply to be on the podcast, you automatically generate a task in ClickUp. Then you're sent to my calendar. All of this is hands-off for me until we get to the point where either I'm coaching you or we are recording together. And that is where I want to place my energy. Ain't technology grand. Number four on my techniques list is templates. Templates are the key to addressing repeat tasks that may not be able to be automated, but we want to speed them up. Automating works when a task or information can be repeated based on content or timing, but what if you need to customize it? So automating isn't going to work. In the case of a special message or perhaps a post in a social media group, you can't quite automate it, but you can reduce the steps. And that's where templates come in. For every bit of copy, I repeat similar emails, uh, regular promotion posts, even my bio that I'm asked for every time I'm a guest, I have a template ready to go. For example, when I post about wanting to be a podcast guest in a Facebook group, I have copy ready to share. I even include that copy in my repeat tasks in Todoist. So that task comes up. I see that it is time for me to share again because I share once a month. I copy and paste that text, add an image, and I am good to go with that post. When I invite somebody personally to be on the podcast, I use a template for the majority of the message that includes the links that they're going to need to the form that they need to fill out and those details that I don't want to forget. But I will change and customize the copy based on, you know, what I know about them or the idea and the topic. And then when I send or post it, that means what, like one minute to customize what I've done instead of 10 minutes or even more to rewrite it and also possibly not have the correct information. Number five on my list is checklists. And checklists are an awesome companion to templates. They can be part of a task template and are a repeat set of steps. Some of those steps could be automated. So checklists are an excellent starting point to create automation. The point of a checklist is to have a standardized set of steps that ensures you don't miss anything. Now, if this sounds like an SOP, a standard operating procedure, you're absolutely right. Checklists are things that are used in places like hospitals where they want to assure safety and quality control. This kind of approach where you have the steps listed out frees up your brain for more important tasks. You can focus better on each step when you don't have to think about what the next step is. Another critical reason for checklists is that they set you up to delegate tasks better. Once you have steps to follow, someone else can step in. Pun intended, I guess. I keep templates and checklists in a variety of places, such as Google Docs, Trello, and ClickUp. Bonus tip, if you want to easily track your steps at first to create the checklist, try recording what you do. You could use a regular video to do this, or something like Loom, which is really easy to use. Do what you're going to do, take the steps you were going to take, but capture it as you're doing it and you will have the start of a checklist and of your standard operating procedures as well. Then you can share that information with someone who wants to help. Number six on the list of productivity techniques that I use, scheduling and reminders. 
Scheduling is a huge part of my day-to-day productivity. If it doesn't go on my calendar, it doesn't happen. Almost. (laughs) This goes for business and for home. I make an appointment on my calendar for almost every activity, including those of my family members. I use multiple Google calendars to track business and family activities. A calendar item is created and details go into it, including locations or links as appropriate. Details needed for the appointment in the description and reminders to go with it as well. Now, the calendar will have reminders set to it and then there's also alarms. I'll set the email reminders on the calendar ahead of time when I'm creating the event. And then the night before an event, I check my calendar for the next day and I set alarms on my phone. I use Acuity for my business calendar with reminders set for clients and guests as well as for me. I also have Acuity linked to my Google business calendar, so I auto-populate those events in Google. I overlap multiple Google calendars so I can see business and personal events together, which keeps me from accidentally creating an event when I'm not available. I create many different kinds of calendar events, sometimes all-day ones that look like a banner across the top of your calendar for things like holiday or travel that aren't time-specific. And then for time-bound ones, I do very specific appointments with a start and end time, And I also do repeat ones for weekly or monthly events like uh, music lessons or things like that. I also color code based on my family. We each have a color and we also have a color for family events as well. All right, we are on to number seven. It was really hard to narrow it down to seven, but I think these are the seven most important productivity techniques that I use personally. And this one was one I really had to include. When thinking about the productivity techniques that I use pretty much daily and I wanted to share with you, I had to include a command center. This is a technique I've used for years to help my immediate and sometimes extended family know what to do and when. It has been amazing for people who come to visit, for babysitters, and for everyone involved in the family events. And it can also include business events as well. So that overlap is there and people can see what's going on. It really reduces the, hey, mom, are you busy today? Hey, mom, are you recording? Hey, mom, what's for dinner? I'm not saying that goes away completely, but I have to say it's significantly reduced. Now, keeping it real, I am. I know you're shocked. I'm glad you're sitting down. I am the organizer of my family. And the mental load continues to be a challenge, but... A command center actually reduces it significantly by creating a space for communication and delegation that brings everyone into the process. Even if they didn't make the initial decision, they are now in the process of reading the board, executing what's on the board, understanding what's there, asking questions about it, and keeping the family dynamic and communication very positive. As a bonus, I have noticed that when you have lists, whether it's chore lists or a command center or whatever, as kind of a third-party item, it takes away some of the challenging dynamics of, well, mom said I had to do this, or you said, or I said, or that psychological defense mechanism that can happen with spouses too. So this is a third-party space 
where you put your information, you put what needs to get done, you generally put who's doing it, where people are going, what has to happen, and it helps everyone understand their roles. You can do a command center in a variety of ways, though they often include a whiteboard. I used to have one with a cork board to hold important school papers, but now I have two very thin magnetic whiteboards that go on the fridge where everyone can see them because someone's always getting a snack, someone's always in the kitchen, right? It's the heart of the home, everyone's going to see it. So that's where I do weekly prep. I lay out primary information the family needs to know, such as, you know, what number day of school is it? Because that's something that you have to keep track of in middle school and high school. What about special after school events or what you need to bring with you? Uh, When I'm recording a podcast or I have an important meeting, you know, basically, where's mom going to be today? The command center includes chore details and meal planning. I love the Expo dual-sided markers for this because just like with the calendar that I uh, set up in Google, I do color coding on the command center as well. It's a very clear way where, for example, my oldest can look at the board and look for purple and know that those items belong to him. Now, to be clear, The command center isn't a repeat of my calendar, but it's coordinated with it. It's enough information for the family to see, to understand that something's going on, sometimes a bit more detailed depending upon when they need to know the information. And now that my children are old enough to receive email and we're about to get them phones, yes, we did manage to hold out until middle school and high school for this. Can't believe it. But at this point, I'm going to be able to loop them into more online calendar events But still, we live with my mother-in-law and we all have conversations together over dinner and in the kitchen. So the command center is an excellent visual place for everyone to not only receive information, but add it if necessary. And I've mentioned living in a sea of ADHD in my home. So I have to tell you that this visual representation that is seen frequently is a very good, very effective thing. Highly recommend. Those were seven techniques. Quick honorable mention for being my most productive self also goes to moving, you know, exercise, breathing, meditation, decluttering, and prioritizing sleep. I want to emphasize that everything that we talk about on the podcast are things that I also try to do. I walk my own talk and those are very important. But I think that these seven that I mentioned today are really the practical steps that I take to keep us all on board, right, on the same page, and to know what I'm doing and when. And sometimes I think that's one of the biggest challenges, and it certainly is why I am a coach, why I am a productivity strategist to help people figure this all out and keep things moving in the right direction without feeling the overwhelm and the burnout. Okay, let's quickly wrap up this conversation with some notes about tools and tech. I wanted to clarify many of these techniques that I mentioned use some tools and tech. And in as many cases as possible, I use something that is either free or very budget friendly. The erasable notebooks like the rocket books, the whiteboards, my favorite expo markers, 
bullet journals, which is something I used to use, but then I moved over to Rocket Books so I could erase and keep using. All of those are on my favorites page, and you can link to those if that's something that you'd like to try out. Now, the tech stack includes Google Calendar, Drive, and Docs, basically the Google Suite, Todoist, Trello, ClickUp, ConvertKit, Member Vault, and Acuity. And then sometimes Loom, but that original set is what I primarily use. The Google suite of products is ubiquitous. It's free. It can, you know, link to each other and be linked in other places. I can add family members to events. I can add clients to events. I can link to drives and docs very easily. So this is something I use daily and I strongly recommend. And I wish I could be an affiliate because I'm constantly saying, use Google. I chose Todoist for my tasks because I valued the simplicity of it, quite honestly. There are many different task management systems that you can use. But Todoist was simple, cost-effective, and I found that I could create a task very quickly on my phone or computer. And that's what you want. You want something that is as easy as possible for you to use that makes sense. I can filter tasks depending upon the day and urgency and for the price. Todoist is simple and effective. It's a great place to start when you're trying to figure out things and, you know, get stuff out of your head and into a trusted system. You may find that you need something more complex. I did not. I'm all about simplicity and this works for me. I use both Trello and ClickUp, which may sound funny, but let's keep it real. I mean, we've chatted about both of these on the podcast and because I'm a Kanban fan, that's the post-it note board kind of view. I especially appreciate Trello's visual layout, and I've been using it for years. It has plenty of features, and I especially appreciate organizing visual content that has time constraints like a project. I use it for my podcast guest spots where I create a card connected to a show that I'll be on or that I've applied to, and then I can label that card and move it depending upon where in the phase that I'm in from applying to recording to promoting that show. I actually started my own podcast organizing on Trello, but full disclosure, my incredible podcast team at Galati Media uses ClickUp. So I leaned into that for them. And for that side of the business, I work within the ClickUp platform. I have noticed that many task and project platforms out there have similar features, and I think they've gotten more and more similar over time, probably due to user demand. For example, the visual layout I appreciate so much about Trello is something you can also find in ClickUp and Asana. At this point, part of my choice is not only about using something that works, but it's also about choosing not to add a new learning curve and process to my life and business that won't necessarily add to it. ConvertKit is my email system of choice, but I started with MailerLite. If that's something you're considering, the tech podcast playlist I mentioned has an episode comparing email systems. I chose ConvertKit for two important reasons. One, my design and delegation team at Simplify Simplify, otherwise known as the team that my biz bestie Liz August runs, highly recommended it. And they assisted with the setup, so I leaned into it and I'm super happy. It's not quite as visually dynamic and interesting as MailerLite, but it plays well with others and it integrates how I need it to integrate and the automation is chef's kiss. So I'm running with it. And the second 
which I guess I just mentioned, is that it integrates really well with my WordPress site and with Member Vault. So that's key. I need things to work. I need it to be simple and straightforward and automated. ConvertKit does that. The last two tech items to mention are Acuity and Member Vault. Once again, the choice of these is more of a right place, right time approach. I'm happy with them, and I've been using both for a while. Acuity has counterparts like Calendly, and I think they all work well. I appreciate the details in Acuity, such as creating custom reminders. I'm not thrilled with how someone has to populate their own calendar once the invite is sent, whereas uh, Calendly does populate it, then you can click yes or no, so it goes right into your calendar. That's the only thing I'm not thrilled about, but Acuity has worked for me for a long time. By the way, it's also connected to Squarespace, so it integrates really well into that kind of website. But I've been able to embed my Acuity calendar into my website easily, and I'm going to continue working with it. Member Vault was also a solid choice for the money for a type of platform like Thinkific or Teachable or Kajabi. All of those have their pros and cons. I wanted a solid platform to share my resources, to maybe have kind of a a membership vibe where you can have repeat billing because I work in a very subscription style kind of coaching and Member Vault worked well for me. They uh, have a small team that is constantly working to update what they do. They integrate well with ConvertKit and it's a solid platform for me to offer my resources to you and to sell coaching. And that's it. This is a longer solo episode than I usually do, but there was a lot that I wanted to share with you. Because again, as a reminder, it's not just about an interesting option, a tool, a technique that sounds like it might have potential. It's if it's right for you. And I wanted to make sure you had the details you needed to figure out which one of these might be right for you. And if you'd like to talk more about this, maybe even go through this list and figure out which ones have potential for you to look into, we could do something like a productivity boost session. You can go to positivelyproductive.com slash boost and make sure to put in podcast as the promo code for a very special listener discount. Let's get together. Let's figure out what's going to work next for you. Thank you for joining me today. Your time is precious and limited, and I'm honored you chose to spend it with me. If you have feedback, questions, or want to schedule a chat, head to positivelyproductive.com slash connect. And if you are looking for any of the resources referenced on the podcast, from books to products to training and more, go to positivelyproductive.com slash resources.